For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Two left to play, and there's Wall down the lane again for two. Harden will shoot it from the outside, and he picks up where he left off last season with his three. And we are back once again with another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, credential reporter for SB Nation covering the Houston Rockets, Cody Davis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, despite dropping their first two games of the season, the Houston Rockets are back at 500 with a 2-2 record, and they are currently on a two-game winning streak after sweeping the Sacramento Kings during their two-game homestand. And tonight, they will look to take on the Dallas Mavericks, and hopefully they can actually extend that winning streak to three. And speaking of tonight's game, as of right now, James Harden remains questionable. As we all know, he did not give it a go Saturday afternoon with a sprained right ankle. But before discussing Harden's availability and, of course, a quick preview of tonight's matchup against Dallas, I'm actually going to save that for later on in the show. And first and foremost, on today's agenda today, I want to talk about the debut of both John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. Now, Cousins, we have not had the opportunity to see what he can fully do in the Houston Rockets jersey. And I actually had an opportunity to ask Steven Silas, you know, what is the game plan for Cousins right now? Because over the last two games, he has only played, I believe, an average of 12 to 13 minutes. So, you know, I'm going to discuss my thoughts on DeMarcus Cousins and what I think is best. And I'm also going to let you guys hear what Steven Silas actually told me as the reason to why we are seeing such a slow start from Cousins. But ladies and gentlemen, John Wall talking about a great debut as a member of the Houston Rockets. And ladies and gentlemen, let me be the first to say that I've always been a believer in John Wall. At his best, I've always considered him to be a top five point guard. I believe at the peak of his career with the Washington Wizards, I've always considered him to be the fourth best point guard in the league, only behind Steph Curry, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook. And with that being said, I was actually kind of nervous to see how John Wall was going to look this season. You know, when the trade went down between him and Russell Westbrook, I was actually more so on the fact that I actually liked the trade. Given the fact that the Rockets are a jump shooting team, plus John Wall is more so of a pass first point guard, I felt that he would have been a better fit for Houston other than Russell Westbrook. But ladies and gentlemen, I did have my concerns just like you guys. This is a guy who is coming off not just a knee injury, but he's also coming off an Achilles tear. And going back to his debut Thursday night, this is a guy who has not played in a regular season game in over 735 days. Yes, he looked good in preseason. That was preseason. We only played against the Bulls and the Spurs. He did look fairly good there, but my God, 
I am so impressed by the way Wall is starting his career with the Rockets. And with that being said, I know it's only been two games, but ladies and gentlemen, I truly believe that this version of John Wall that we are seeing now is a better and more complete version than the John Wall we used to see in Washington. Throughout his first two games with the Rockets, he's currently averaging 25 points, five rebounds, and seven and a half assists. And what I love most about John Wall, well, one of the things that I love most about Wall is his ability to be an efficient mid-range jump shooter. Looking back at these two games against the Sacramento Kings, Every time the Rockets were in need of a bucket, especially on Saturday, nine times out of 10, it was Wall giving the Rockets a jump start to their offense by scoring the basketball. And he wasn't just scoring, he was doing it at an efficient rate. And the reason why is because he focused in on making mid-range jump shots. On Saturday, he shot 11 from 21 from the field and five of seven from shots coming between 15 to 21 feet. And the reason why I'm actually taking time to point out Wall's ability to be an efficient mid-range jump shooter, because I truly believe that is something that the Houston Rockets missed last year. Because remember, going back to the two years that Chris Paul was here, I believe that that is the most successful tenure here in the James Harden era. Why? Because this is a team, as we know, especially under Mike D'Antoni, was a live by the three, die by the three jump shooting team. However, it's always good to have a player who is able to make a mid-range jump shot, a player who can actually exploit the mid-range and use it in their favor. And I truly believe that is part of the reason why the Rockets were so successful with Chris Paul. On the flip side of that, when they flipped him for Russell Westbrook, Westbrook, if he's not attacking the basket, he's not that good of a jump shooter, which means having a guy who can efficiently use the mid-range in their game was no longer there. Now he's flipped for John Wall, and that basically put the Rockets in a position where they was with Chris Paul, where you have a team that's going to be live by the three, die by the three, but you also have a guy who can use and exploit the mid-range in their favor. And with Wall, he was always a pretty decent mid-range jump shooter, but now since he was off for these two years, Wall actually talked about how he used that time to become a better shooter and I can actually see the improvements in his game over these first two games now once again I know that we are only talking about two games and we have a long way to go before the end of the season but I truly do believe that that is where John Wall is going to make his impact on this offense and speaking of what type of impact he can have on this offense outside of his scoring is of course his playmaking ability one of the main reasons why they dropped those two games was the fact that they did not have an additional playmaker who can help James Harden now you add John Wall a guy who by the way like I keep mentioning is a pass first point guard I can truly see the Rockets offense being just as efficient if not even better like it was when Chris Paul was here and the reason why I'm looking at John Wall's ability to be a playmaker is because he literally makes the game easier for his teammate we see what Christian Woods can do when he's getting a pass from John Wall or James Harden and speaking of James Harden going back to Thursday's game there were several times where I've never seen James Harden have that easier of a time scoring the basketball there's two plays that come to my mind one when Wall had the basketball I believe it was midway through the fourth quarter James Harden did a shortcut to the basket and Wall was able to find him for a very easy layup. And another play that I want to talk about is a play that basically gave the Houston Rockets the lead that led to their win. Late in the fourth quarter with around three minutes left, John Wall led this team on a fast break. And instead of James Harden finding a wing and sprinting down the court, 
he actually trailed a little bit behind John Wall. This kind of confused the Kings because by the time that the Rockets crossed half court and the Kings started setting up on defense, they kind of forgot that James Harden was on the court. Of course, with John Wall seeing this, he dished it off to Harden, and Harden had a wide-open three-point shot. And I like that because Silas talked about the importance of having a guy trailing in a fast break. And it's important because you get those wide-open three-point shots. Now, normally he does this with Christian Woods. Going back to his time with the Dallas Mavericks, you saw a lot with Kristaps Porzingis. And it makes a lot of sense because we all know that bigs are not as fast as guards. But we all know James Harden has never been nor never will be the fastest guy on the court. However, if James Harden is able to trail on a fast break like that with John Wall leading the way, and we all know how fast John Wall is, that is a very dangerous combination because if somebody paid too much attention to James Harden being a trailer, then that means you have a wide open lane for John Wall. And we all know how good he is at attacking the basket. And the reason why that I wanted to highlight that particular play because it made the game easier for Harden. And John Wall speaks about it nearly every single day we talk to this guy during his media availability. He always likes to remind us that as a point guard, it is not his job to score the basketball. It's his job to make the game easier for his teammates, especially for James Harden. And the last thing that an opponent wants when they're facing the Rockets is for somebody who is willing to make the game easier for one of the greatest scorers of all time. But sticking here with John Wall before moving on to DeMarcus Cousins, I've always known that Wall was a great defensive player. I mean, this is a guy who actually led the league in steals. And I don't know if you guys remember, but I believe about three years ago, Kobe Bryant, during the time when he was handing out all these Mamba, Mamba challenges to a variety of players, one of the Mamba challenges that he gave to John Wall was to make first team all defense. And I believe that he gave Wall that challenge the same year where the knee injuries really started to take a toll on him which means that was his last year in Washington so of course he did not have the opportunity to meet his Mamba challenge however now I think he's able to meet that challenge and I say that because yes right now he's averaging one and a half blocks and two steals after Saturday's win he considers himself the best shot blocking point guard of all time I'm not going to agree with that right now because there's a guy I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with him his name is Dwayne Wade even though he's not a point guard he is still a guard and he holds the record for the most blocked shots as a guard in NBA history so maybe after watching John Wall throughout the season I might agree with him a little bit more but you know that's neither here or there but what I love about John Wall's play on the defensive side of the ball goes beyond what we see on paper it goes beyond the block shots it goes beyond the steals it's his ability and his IQ as a defender. You watch Wall on the defensive end, he knows when to trap, when not to trap. He's always in a good defensive stand. He's always playing a passing lane. He's smart when to go for the steal, when not to go for the steal. And what I love most about Wall's defensive play throughout these first two games, he is a guy, especially when you considering he's still trying to work his way back from injury, he is a guy to throw his body down on the floor and, and die for those loose 50-50 balls. And that's something I wanted to point out because normally a player of his caliber, you really don't see them diving on the floor too much unless it's, what, game seven of a playoff series. You know, when the stakes are at its highest, the fact that this guy is already doing this and we only two games into his regular season says a lot about his defensive mindset. 
this is a guy I truly believe is part of the reason why Houston has a legitimate shot to be a contender in the Western Conference because they have one of the best point guards in the league playing with a chip on his shoulders as well as having someone who is willing to make the game easier for his teammates, especially one of the greatest scoring guards in NBA history in James Harden. Like I keep saying, ladies and gentlemen, I know it's only been two games, but I like and love what I'm seeing from John Wall. However, I cannot say the same thing for DeMarcus Cousins, even though I wish I could. And part of the reason why I can't say the same thing for Cousins is the fact that he really has not had the opportunity to showcase what he can do for the Houston Rockets as of yet. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm actually a little bit disappointed that Coach Silas has not used Cousins too much in the lineup, especially when I take a look at Saturday's game, because I know at the end of the day, one of the main reasons why DeMarcus Cousins has not seen the court too much, because he's playing behind guys like Christian Wood and P.J. Tucker and even Jay Sean Tate. It's a crowded front court. It's almost like you get in where you fit in. And right now, DeMarcus Cousins is not fitting into the Rockets game plan. And I got that thought because going back to Saturday's game, Christian Wood actually got in foul trouble. And DeMarcus Cousins only played 11 minutes in that game. Now, I understand Cousins actually got himself in foul trouble as well. But early in the third quarter, when Wood picked up his fifth foul, I thought we were going to see DeMarcus Cousins for majority of the second half. However, we did not see it. Kosalis thought it was better to go small ball at that particular time. And speaking of Silas and speaking of DeMarcus Cousins, I actually had an opportunity to ask why we have not seen DeMarcus Cousins too much through these first two games. And this is what he had to say. We haven't seen you use much of DeMarcus Cousins through the first two games. Is his limited playing time based on minutes restriction or is it more so trying to find what rotation works best to utilize his talents? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a couple things. He, he's obviously um, a big part of what we want to do, but Christian Wood is a big part as well. So um, just the way the minutes kind of work out, if Christian's going to play 35 minutes at the at the center position, that doesn't leave much for Cuz. Um, but figuring out a way for them to possibly play together um, also being conscious of the matchups of the opposing team. You know, if they're going to play bigger, um, it's, it's easier for Cuz to play. If they're going to play smaller, sometimes it's a little bit harder for him to play. So um, it really is based game to game, but we're, we're trying to make sure that we can maximize his talents and the minutes that he gets. After playing that clip again, it's something I want to really key in on, and that was Coach Silas talking about playing DeMarcus Cousins, but at the same time being mindful of the particular opponent that you're playing against. You know, even though I want to consider DeMarcus Cousins your modern-day big man, at the end of the day, he's still your traditional slow big on the defensive side of the ball, which means it was possibly kind of hard for Cousins to play against the Kings because a lot of the lineups that they ran, it would have exploited DeMarcus Cousins to be able to stay in front of some of the faster players that they have. And I say that because when you go back and take a look at Saturday's game there was a moment where the Kings forced the Rockets to switch and De'Aaron Fox had DeMarcus Cousins on him and it took Fox no more than a second to blow past Cousins for an easy layup because the game is played at such a fast pace now it's part of the reason why I feel it's going to be a lot harder for DeMarcus Cousins to find his way on the court however 
when talking about the matchup and going back to what Coach Silas talked about, I feel we're going to see DeMarcus Cousins more when they go up against a Utah, when they go up against the Los Angeles Lakers. And speaking of the Lakers, we're going to see them later on this week, I believe both Friday and Sunday. But when they go up against Anthony Davis and Marcus Gasol and Rudy Gobert, those particular type of guys is when we're going to see DeMarcus Cousins on the court because the Rockets need somebody, especially when they go up against the Lakers. They need someone who can actually match the size and the intensity of a player of their caliber. Christian Wood has showcased the ability to be a rim protector, but because he lacks size, and I'm talking about size as in weight, it's part of the reason why I do not want to see him go down on a low post against an Anthony Davis or against a Marcus Gasol or Rudy Gobert, whoever the case might be. Going back to Monday's game against the Denver Nuggets, that is part of the reason why Nikolai Jokic was able to record that triple-double is because the Rockets did not have anyone to match up with his size. I'm pretty sure in games like that is when we're going to see DeMarcus Cousins on the court. So with that being said, looking at the Rockets' next couple of games, as we know tonight, they take on the Dallas Mavericks, and with Kristal Porzingis not in the lineup, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a limited amount of time of Cousins tonight, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same thing Wednesday when they take on the Indiana Pacers. However, starting Friday, we might see DeMarcus Cousins get a little bit more minutes when they take on Nikola Vukovic and the Orlando Magic. And after that, they have back-to-back games against the Los Angeles Lakers. And after that, another back-to-back game against the San Antonio Spurs. So hopefully, we will see DeMarcus Cousins in those upcoming games. And speaking of upcoming games, as I mentioned, the Rockets are prepared tonight to take on the Dallas Mavericks. And (laughs) right now, the Mavericks have had a mediocre start to their season. I mean, the one game, they actually beat the Los Angeles Clippers by 51 points. And then the next night, they lost to the Charlotte Hornets by 20. So... It seems like they are doing everything possible just to keep their heads above water until Kristaps Porzingis comes back. As of right now, Luka Doncic, he's having an okay start to the season as well. Yes, he's averaging 24 points and 6 assists, but at the end of the day, he is shooting 16% from behind the arc. And that is something I am really have my eyes set on because as one of the so-called MVP candidates to start the season, he cannot shoot below 30% from behind the arc. So I don't know what's going on there. I do want to mention at the time of this recording, the Dallas Mavericks are sitting at two and three on the season and they are about to take on the Chicago Bulls. And I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say, by the time you guys hear this, that they're going to be sitting at three and three because I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to beat the Bulls. Of course, when talking about tonight's game, the biggest story surrounding the Rockets is James Harden availability. On yesterday, Stephen Silas told us that Harden will remain questionable. He was able to get some shots up during practice on Sunday, but they did not test out the ankle too much we all know that he sprained his ankle during their win against the kings on thursday and he sat out saturday for precautionary reasons and i would not mind if harden sits out another day because this is going to be a crazy year it seems like they're going to have games every other day and i want james harden to get as much rest as possible why because if the rockets can go out and keep their heads above water it's only going to make them even better when james harden comes back but even if harden is not able to play in tonight's game i'm still going to consider this a must win for the rockets because not only are they a more talented team but regardless how you feel about their own to start to the season it still counts towards their record and not only that those two losses came against a western conference team and plus if they get this win tonight they will have an additional win against a team in their division 
So it's still up in the air if we're going to see James Harden play tonight, but what is not up in the air is the return of Ben McLemore and Kenya Martin Jr. As we all know, both of those guys tested positive for the coronavirus and missed the first four games of the season. Coach Silas spoke on it that both of those guys are expected to be back. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see Kenya Martin probably at all, but the one guy that we're going to see is Ben McLemore. And I love the addition of McLemore coming back, especially for this game, because it's give the Rockets another guy that they can actually go to on the bench we all know Ben McLemore was phenomenal last season for the Rockets and I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to carry that momentum over to the season now tonight just like Wall just like Cousins is just like Eric Gordon I'm pretty sure he's going to be a little bit rusty to start but this team especially the Rockets bench are better when McLemore is within the lineup he was at practice on yesterday. I'm pretty sure you guys saw him make that announcement on his social media account. So I'm really excited that the Rockets are getting back Ben McLemore. I also want to mention that Luka Doncic will not be 100% when they take on the Rockets later on tonight. He is battling a left quad contusion. And I also want to point out the fact that the Dallas Mavericks are in the midst of a three-game road trip. And this is actually the second half of a back-to-back. So not only is their top player not 100%, I'm pretty sure these guys are going to be a little bit tired from the travel as well. So hopefully the Rockets can pull off the victory tonight to get their record to 3-2. and two. Like I keep mentioning, not only can this be a game where they can actually help their confidence and become even better winning in the absence of James Harden, but they have some ground to make up. They started off the season 0-2. This is going to be a very competitive Western Conference, and not only that, you get a win over a division opponent, and that is going to be very big moving forward. So with that being said, that concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And please remember to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please remember to leave a five-star review and please let us know what you love most about the show. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.